0: Hi, welcome to Around Town, where we seek to discover insights into places, events, topics, and issues that you want to know about in our great city. I'm your host, Nick Burkfeld, with producer Chuck Luck. Today we will be talking with Lubbock Police Chief Floyd Mitchell. Thanks so much for coming on today. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate you having me. What's your connection to Lubbock? Well, I've been the
1: chief of police for the Lubbock Police Department. I get to lead the men and women of the Lubbock Police Department in their efforts and drive to make Lubbock a safer city.
0: How do you think about the city of Lubbock in comparison to other places that you've lived? You know, Lubbock is very
1: unique coming from a major metropolitan city to what I would consider a major city that is four hours, five hours away from any other major metropolitan city. Coming out here, I would say the big difference is we have to be able to handle everything that goes on within this city because there's no one else around here to
0: help us. At what point growing up did you know that law enforcement was something that you wanted to pursue? No, I don't know that there was a specific time or instance. One of the first times
1: that I ever had an interaction with a police officer was a Saturday morning. And me and my dad were driving southbound on a street called Jackson, crossing 31st Street. We had our boat behind us, and we were going fishing. It was a little wet outside. The light had changed to red, and my dad hit the brakes, and the boat started pushing the truck a little bit. So he just got off the brakes and went through the intersection, and the police officer was right there at the intersection. And he pulled us over. The police officer kind of said, well, uh, what are you guys up to today? Like, we are going fishing, and this, that, and the other. And he's like, man, I wish I was going with you. It was a really good interaction. Put this into perspective, this was probably 40 plus years ago.
0: When you think about childhood memories, where did this sense of wanting to pursue justice come from?
1: Thinking back then what my thought process was, grew up in a family of six. It was three boys and three girls. I was the youngest boy, and I have a sister that's two years younger than me. My dad worked for General Motors on the line, and my mom worked for Southwestern Bell, and she put phones together. They were both blue-collar workers, so just had a sense of you had to work to make a living. Back then, times were a lot different than they are now. From the standpoint of financially, I knew my parents couldn't afford to send me to college, not on what they were making at that point in time. So I made the decision in the middle of my junior year to join the Air Force. I had signed on the early entry program. I knew before I started my senior year where I was going when I finished. Graduated in May and went into the Air Force as a military police officer. The thought process of being a military police officer or a police officer in general came in, I can't really say. Even in high school, I did ROTC. Just having that structure, my father and my mother were very structure-oriented. I think just probably grasping onto the structure and understanding that this is a way for me to mature by going into the military. And both of my brothers had good experience with that.
0: How would you describe the transition going from a military police role to a civilian police role? Oh, it's day and night. I was in the Air Force
1: from 1985 to 1989, stationed two years in um, Bentwaters, England, was my first assignment. So it was two years overseas. And then I did my final tour at Pease Air Force Base, New Hampshire, When you're a military police officer, you really just handle what's on the base. And and yeah, you have some of the same instances of disorderly conduct, fights, some relationship or domestic violence issues. But it's a lot different than than you see out here in the civilian world. Everyone in the military is governed by uh, the Uniform Code of Military Justice. While you do face some of those things, it's a lot different there. I really got to do the police part overseas. When I was in Pease Air Force Base, it was more flight line type security stuff. That's when I really kind of got the passion of, okay, this is what I want to do, but I want to do it in the outside world back home.
0: With your military experience, what was it like going into a police academy? At that time, I was 21, 22 years old, physically
1: didn't have any issues at all. Having that discipline of being in the military for four years, I think it helped me quite a bit. I don't knock the military at all. I think it's one of those situations to where everyone should experience it, especially if you're a young kid and you don't know you're going to college or you don't know if you want to go to college or you don't have a clear path. I think it really helps you mature. I was one of the kids that graduated early. I was 17 when I graduated. It really helped me mature.
0: What are some of your memories of your first times on the beat as a police officer?
1: I think if you asked the majority of police officers their first two or three years on the police department, they'd say, man, if I could do this job for free, I would. It's that much fun. You get to come into contact with so many people. You get to learn so much, protect your community, but you also get to have fun. You make stops and you talk to people. You find out what's going on in their world. We know there's folks out there that they are career criminals, having the opportunity to make that arrest and put that investigation together and watch it work through the system. What I pulled out of it is there's a lot going on within every community, a lot that a lot of people don't see, things that happen after 10 and 12 o'clock at night. There's a whole nother society out there that operates during that time. Just understanding culture of a city is always interesting.
0: What was your decision making when it came to moving to the city of Lubbock and accepting the position as police chief here?
1: Starting on the Kansas City, Missouri Police Department, I was there for 25 years. And at 25 years, you can retire from that police agency. And that's a police agency of, at that time, it was 1,400 law enforcement and 600 civilian. I was a division commander or a major on that police department. I could stay there in that role, or I could move on to a different police department and be a chief. And I'd spent the last 10 years of my career really focusing on becoming a law enforcement leader. I had some very good mentors during my time on Kansas City Police Department, got to attend some very prestigious schools, FBI National Academy, the Senior Management Institute of Policing, and really understanding what's going on with policing and where policing was at that time and where it was headed. After I got my 25 years on, just decided to put my feelers out and see what's going on. Always liked Texas. I put in some applications at some different departments down here and got hired on at Temple Police Department. I was there for just over four years, saw the job posting for Lubbock Police Department. What was in the job posting really piqued my interest from the standpoint of Lubbock had always been a centralized police department. They were looking for someone who could come in here and help them with their decentralization. So they were always focused at 916 Texas Avenue. Every operation worked out of that one building. The city management and council had decided to decentralize the police department with the construction of three brand new patrol division stations. They were building a new police headquarters, and they also had set aside funding for a new property and evidence and forensic investigation lab. So they were looking for someone who had capital improvement project background, police chief background trying to move the police department forward toward 21st century policing. That really piqued my interest. My wife and I made a trip out here before I submitted my application. I was like, I wanna go out here and see what's going on out here to see the city. And I spent a day and a half out here, I believe. Just a neat city. Everyone we came in contact with was very welcoming. We got back and talked about it, went through the process
0: and was lucky enough
1: to get chosen for the position. November will be four years for me.
0: And in those four years, What are some of the things that you've discovered about Lubbock? It goes back to
1: meeting some really neat people and being the chief of police. Got a chance to meet a lot of folks within the community from all segments of the community. Just spending time with different people. I have made some great relationships. I've made some lifelong relationships, both on the department and outside in the community. And one of the things that we really try to preach to our officers from an officer wellness standpoint is making sure that your personal community is not just all police officers because that's not healthy because at some point in time you won't be on the police department you'll be retired and you have to have a community outside of the police department so my wife and i have been able to develop a very nice community where we go out to dinner we have social events together and things like that but lubbock is an attractor lubbock has
0: everything you can ask for and we'll be right back with chief mitchell to continue our conversation on around town on 89.1 Welcome back to Around Town. We're speaking with Lubbock Police Chief Floyd Mitchell. Early in your career in law enforcement, you started to pursue opportunities for leadership and moving up the chain of command. Where did the desire for that come from?
1: Well, I think it goes back to really understanding policing in America and understanding where policing was at the moment and some of the issues That we as a society has faced, especially when you start talking about policing and black America. You had the Rodney King incident that occurred when I was a police officer and understanding how that affected our society and our culture and that profession at that point in time. And then you fast forward 30 years and you have the George Floyd incident that, again, really affected our society as a whole and brought back the memories of the Rodney King and the history in America. Me moving up the chain of command was, again, I think it starts back to having very good mentors as I was coming up through the chain of command and understanding that they wanted fair and ethical policing for everyone within our city. Kansas City did a really good job, I think, of trying to prepare their members to be leaders within the organization and within policing, just understanding that I had an agency that really wants to do the right thing and trying to train its members to do that. So When I look at a police department, making opportunities for our up-and-comers here in the Lubbock Police Department, giving them opportunities to attend the different type of leadership training, and spending time with them, developing them to take over this to police department once I'm gone, working with the community to determine exactly what they are looking for in regards to policing the Lubbock community. It's really those pieces that kind of guide me in my day-to-day law enforcement activities. Sometimes in every industry or business or police department, there's conflicts. Some of the membership, they're like, well, we really don't want to go down that path. You have to really be able to identify and demonstrate visually what the vision is and what we are headed toward as law enforcement professional in a law enforcement agency. The Lubbock Police Department, I think you had some leadership there that sees the future and started planning for that with the development of the decentralization and building the three patrol division stations. Now getting here and doing the work of getting those division stations built, getting the new headquarters built, getting a new property and evidence and forensic investigations built, these things will help us, especially in 21st century policing, to do the type of policing that will be necessary in the future. Getting our command staff educated with the law enforcement side of it, but also the community policing side of it, so they understand that we have to bring our community partners in to be partners with us and work together to reduce crime on this. And understanding that there are going to be obstacles in your path to get from A to B. And you face those day in and day out. What are some things that influence your leadership philosophy? I have several audiences. I have my internal audience, I have police officers who have ideas and views on which way they believe the police department should go. And sometimes those are in conflict, whether it be over a budgetary item, over a deployment item or anything. You try to work with that audience so they understand that, yes, we can do A, B, or C, but we can't do D until we address A, B, or C. And I'll give you a prime example. One of the situations that I hear a lot about internally is the opportunity to go 10-hour shift on patrol. They work 10-hour days and get them three to four days off in a cycle, and I would love to do that. But because of our current staffing issues, we can't do that safely because you're really trying to cover 36 hours in a day with 24 hours in a day of staffing, and it's difficult to do. We have looked at the numbers and we know what number we need to get to to potentially implement this, but I can't do it right now. If I did do it right now, I would be making a leadership decision that could potentially put someone in harm. I'm not going to make those decisions. And those are tough decisions because it affects that police officer personally. The other piece of it that talks about, well, hey, we're having this issue over in our community and we're having this issue over in our community and you deploy resources to try to address these specific issues. We also have a situation to where we're not a security company. I can't sit and secure your individual corner or street or house 24-7, 365. You have to work with us. This business has to work with us in regards to how do we make your community and your area safely together. So understanding you have that piece. And then you have the governmental piece of how our government wants to run or operate the city and understanding that piece and and working with your elected leaders on topics and priorities that they want. So you have these three entities that are working together that you're trying to balance. I think any police chief will tell you, you're never gonna make all three of them happy. You have to make the best decisions for each of the entities as a whole. It's kind of how I look at it. How can I try to address all the issues of all these sometimes competing entities to make sure our city's
0: safe and our officers are safe? There's a lot that plays into it. A police chief has many roles and responsibilities. What does that look like on a daily basis?
1: It just depends on what day of the week it is and what's going on. Whether it's reviewing a disciplinary issue, whether it's hearing a grievance in regards to a personnel issue, attending a Rotary Club event, going to city council, attending CompStats, Comprehensive Statistical Review. Every two weeks we have a CompStat meeting with all of our division commanders, meaning the captains and above. Each of our division commanders put on a presentation of what's going on in their individual division. And it's more of an information gathering and sharing session. It lasts about two hours to where each patrol division commander talks about what he or she has done in their division for the last two weeks, what type of crime spikes they've seen, and what other resources they have called to say, hey, can you help us address this specific crime issue? So each of the three patrol division stations, commanders give their presentation. Then we have The special operations commander gives his presentation about what they've done proactively to try to address whether it be violent crime or property crimes or this, that, and the other. And then we have the criminal investigation commander. She gives her presentation, talks about caseloads, how many cases were presented to the prosecutor's office. What it truly ends up being is an information sharing session. So everyone's situational awareness is the same. It's really using intelligence-led policing and data to determine how we're going to deploy our resources and where we need to deploy them. My day-to-day changes every week with what's going on. Myself and Assistant Chief Barron drove down to San Antonio to attend the FBI National Academy Associates Conference to find out what's going on statewide from our FBI partners and other police chiefs about what's going on down there. The day changes. It just depends on what's going
0: on. And we'll be right back with Chief Mitchell to continue our conversation on Around Town on 89.1. Welcome back to Around Town. Our guest today is Lubbock Police Chief, Floyd Mitchell. I'd like to ask you about a term that many people hear but don't necessarily know what it means, community policing. What does community policing mean to you? It's that buzzword that everyone uses,
1: but when you really break it down, our cities have gotten so big, we've had to basically step back. If we had the ideal community and what we wanted out of our police officers, what would that be? For me, it's trying to get that small town Feel of, hey, this is Officer so and so. He patrols this community every day between these hours and these hours. He knows everyone. And I'll give you a prime example going back to my previous position in Kansas City. He was a major, and his name was Anthony L. Really nice guy. Anthony L. has a photogenic memory. Could remember everything about anyone that he's come into contact with. Oh, that's so and so, and his mama's over here, and his dad worked over here, and this cousin's over here, and this, that, and the other. And just, he just knew the community. He knew everything that was going on in that community, and everyone in that community knew who he was and knew to go to him if they needed to communicate some information to him. From a community policing standpoint, it's about law enforcement working with the community, working with its government, and working with its business to develop basically a net that encompasses that entire city so we are working together to make things safe. There are bad actors out there, and as our community grows, the number of bad actors, from a percentage standpoint, will grow with it. From a community policing standpoint, we need to make sure our net grows and we have those relationships to where if something's going on in that community, we have the ability for you to make contact with us so we can address that issue. When you look at policing and you look at crime, policing cannot stop crime by themselves. It's going to take that community to say, hey... I know this dude is doing this kind of dirt over here. We need someone to come over and help them. We need those mentors to help these young folks find different pathways. We need the government to give them some type of opportunities. I remember as a young kid, I worked, and I couldn't tell you what the acronym stood for now, but I worked as a summer city program. One of the things we would do, we would go clean up the parks, and they paid us. It was a Good summer job, and they just took kids to different areas to clean up the city. They wanted to make the city look clean and vibrant. So it was part of it. There's internships throughout in our police department providing some type of opportunities to keep kids occupied. Nowadays, those opportunities could be in radio, podcasting, some type of technology industry at this point in time, but I think it's important for our cities to understand their role in helping our youth keep themselves occupied. And our businesses play a part in that, whether it's through internships or different programs that they can help finance or things like that. Just building that safety net for the community as a whole, having those entities work together.
0: What are some examples of community policing in practice? Are there certain community policing activities that you want us to have over time? Just working together. We do a good job here in Lubbock of
1: that. And our council members, they request, hey, can we have a deployment over in this section or in this section? So we do a good job with that. Our Burgers with a Badge, that has just turned out to be a very great community engagement event. We had over a thousand people there again this year. We have great partners in United that help us with that. All the law enforcement agencies and first responders come out and help us with that. Just really building those relationships. I get out in the public a lot, make a bunch of meetings and talk to people, sit down and have a conversation with them about what's going on in their community
0: and how we can better
1: serve each other.
0: I remember when the police division station conversations were going on, it was really important to incorporate an element of the community into the design of them. What does that look like in practice and how has that developed since they've been constructed? So we have a community room in each of our patrol division stations and we'll
1: have one at the new police headquarters. Those community rooms are open to the public. You just have to schedule a date and time with the desk sergeant at each of the patrol division stations. And I can tell you they are being used quite a bit by different entities that come out there to host their weekly meetings, whether it be a crime watch meeting or just a regular neighborhood meeting. Understanding that, yes, we occupy those police stations, but they are a community asset and they're there for our community to use. We don't charge if anyone wants to use it. You're more, welcome to come and use those facilities.
0: As police chief of a growing city, the stations were also part of planning for growth. How does that impact the way that you think about the future?
1: Texas is growing exponentially. There's a lot of flight from other states to Texas. So we see that in Lubbock. We plan for that growth. We really look at what's going on with the housing permits in our population as it grows. During budget season, We project how many additional spots we would need, and we put those forward to the city manager in our budget process. This year, we've asked for several law enforcement positions and a few civilian positions in this budget year, trying to prepare ourselves as we grow. One of the things that we have to balance is that growth with the cost and how much time it takes us to get a person through the academy. Typically, if we have a opening, it will take us probably 12 to 14 months before we get that law enforcement position filled. Our civilian positions, we can fill a lot faster because they don't have to go through a bunch of state certifications, depending on the position.
0: Looking back on the four years as you as chief for the city of Lubbock, what are some of the milestones or mile markers that you see in that journey? I'll go back to really the first two months here. We
1: had a tragic incident on the highway in which we lost Officer Nick Raina and firefighter Eric Hill. That first year, I believe we had a lot of work to do internally because there was a large loss within the community of those two individuals. And internally, we had a police officer who committed suicide within that first six months as well. Spent a lot of time working on officer wellness, making sure that our people were okay. The stressors of the pandemic Police officers are human beings as well. We saw those same stressors affect our people and their relationships with their wives and their spouses. And we had to deal with a bunch of those issues as well. I spent that first 18 months evaluating the department, really paying attention to the emotions of the department because a lot was going on and balancing what needed to be done with taking care of our people. Since then, we started the construction on three patrol division stations and we finished those. Uh, We also will be opening up a brand new police headquarters in September, breaking around on a new property and evidence section, looking toward the future. What would a new police training facility look like? Having that be the final piece of a complete capital improvement project and new facilities for the police department? Planning on what policing is going to look like in five and 10 years from now, what size will our police department be? Will we be a police department of 500-plus law enforcement officers in five or 10 years? I would say one of the things I'm most proud of is the relationship that I believe we have built within the community as a law enforcement agency. I don't know the best way to put it, but when I am out in the community, Talking to people in what I would say underserved communities, I can see and feel in their tone and in their conversation that they feel good about their police department. They are somewhat, I guess, encouraged of the diversity of the police department. It does give them some sense of pride, which I think is good for the city. I've enjoyed this community. My family's enjoyed this community and can't wait to see what's next.
0: For the listener out there that is interested in pursuing a career in law enforcement, what advice do you have for them? There's no better profession, I will tell you. And one of the things that I think is important to try to
1: communicate to people, I've been doing this for over 30 years If you would have told me as that 22-year-old coming on the Kansas City, Missouri Police Department, that I would experience some of the things I've experienced over the last 30-plus years, and it's taken me to the different places it's taken me, I wouldn't have believed you. But this is a profession to where you get out of it what you put into it, whether it's on a call for service with someone who's having the worst day of their life, or if you're in a pickup basketball game with some kids on a basketball court. is. It is a great job. It is a secure job. We haven't laid anyone off in the last 30 years of any police job I've ever had in my life. And you build a family and a relationship with people that will last you forever. Right now, with a GED or a high school diploma, we're going to pay you to go through our police academy, just over $61,000. And that's going to change October 1st if we get the anticipated raises. So when you get that kid who doesn't know exactly what they want to do with their lives, I'll tell them, hey, why don't you come and take the test, sit down with us, do a ride-along, see what policing is, and think about your future. Because if you start this profession for the right reasons, 30 years later, you can look back and you could be proud of what you've done and the communities that you've
0: served for the rest of your life. Chief Mitchell, that's all the time that we have today. Thanks so much for coming on. You know, guys, it's been my pleasure. I appreciate you inviting me out. Thanks for listening to Around Town. I'm your host, Nick Burkfeld. This show was produced by Chuck Luck. Our guest today was Lubbock Police Chief Floyd Mitchell. Join us next Friday morning at 9 a.m. on 89.1. For more information on Around Town or to listen to previous episodes, visit ttupublicmedia.org.